and welcome to the next episode of the podcast Discipleship in Challenging Times. My name is Peter Morden and I'm privileged to be Senior Pastor and Team Leader at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Leeds. We're continuing with some reflections on the books of Samuel, 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. And we get today to one of the most well-known passages. It's David and Goliath. If you're coming to this fresh, then that is really, really wonderful because here's an exciting story that challenges us but also encourages our hearts. If you think you know this story, perhaps from Sunday school or some other Bible class, I encourage you to come to this with an open mind because I think the way that this is often interpreted is not really getting us to the heart of the passage. We want to hear God speak to us. So as we look at 1 Samuel 17, we come to God in prayer and ask him to work as we read and as we reflect on his word. Lord, come to us today by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us eyes to see the truth of your word. May we experience its power and may we live it out day to day. Strengthen us, O Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to be reading 1 Samuel 17 verses 1 to 7 and then we will skip forward to verse 32 and read through to verse 53. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Socho in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damim between Socho and Azekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another, with a valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armour of bronze, weighing five thousand shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. And then on to verse 32. David said to Saul, King Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. 
this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armour on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and, with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield-bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down to the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from its sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. And then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sharim road from Gath to Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. Well, it's a, a powerful story. Perhaps we ought to say at the beginning that there is a degree of blood and gore here. There is obviously physical fighting. And God does not call on us as Christian people to behave in this way. 
So as New Testament people, we come to this story and we draw spiritual lessons from it. But what is that spiritual lesson? How are we to apply this story today? We often say we need to be brave like David and we need to fight spiritual battles for the Lord. I confess that in my early days of preaching, in my 20s, I preached on this passage. It was maybe one of the first passages that I actually spoke on, maybe fourth or fifth attempt at preaching. And I took this passage in the way that I have described. We are to be like David. He is an example for us. We are to fight spiritual battles for the Lord. But actually, that's pretty frightening if we're called to slay spiritual giants on our own every day. It's frightening and discouraging. Fortunately, I don't believe this is what we're called to to do and that I had the wrong interpretation and application of this passage So I ask again, how are we to apply this to our lives today? The key is to recognise that David is the Lord's anointed. He is God's chosen king. And he fights Goliath as the representative of God's people. And so rather than seeing ourselves as David, if we're going to place ourselves in this story, we'd be far better off placing ourselves in the army of God's people who are watching on, who are on the hillside seeing this battle take place in the valley and seeing David win the victory. The Lord's anointed wins a victory on our behalf and we share in that victory. As I've already said in these podcast episodes, David is a shadow of the one who is to come, Jesus, who is great David's greater son, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. And Jesus also wins a great battle. Indeed, he defeats the devil himself on the cross. He comes from outside the camp, as David does here in this story. Jesus, God's Son, our Saviour, hadn't trained officially as a priest. He wasn't a Pharisee. And yet he comes from outside the camp and he wins the battle for us. A theologian, Gustave Olen, has talked about Jesus' victory on the cross and he uses the Latin term Christus Victor, Christ the Victor. Christ has won the victory. Indeed, he does this on the cross and we share in that victory. We didn't win it, we don't deserve it, but we share in it. There is a parallel with what happens with David here. Again, I say David is the Lord's anointed and he wins the victory over the giant. He slays the giant, the devil's representative. And we in the army are simply watching on. We don't win this victory, 
God's anointed wins it for us. But then we do share in the victory. Maybe in the terms of this passage, we are still standing by watching. We're still on the hillside. The victory has been won in the valley below and the devil's army is in retreat. We have a share in the spoils. We have a share in the victory. Again, just to emphasize, this isn't physical fighting. It is an army of love that we are called to be a part of. And the devil's army that keep people in thrall, they're on the run. We share in this victory and we can press now into kingdom work, whatever God calls us to do. And rather than discouraging, rather than frightening, this is actually encouraging and really nerving us for the challenge ahead. Jesus has won the victory and we can press into that victory ourselves, press forward in kingdom ministry. Let's not stay on the hillside dithering. Let's press forward and do so with confidence because our representative, our Lord and King, has won the victory. Let's come to God in prayer. First of all, I want to give thanks to God for the great victory that he has won in Jesus. And then I pray for us as we share in his victory, as we share in the spoils, and as we heed God's call to press forward in kingdom work. Yes, Lord, thank you and praise you that you have won the great victory. Lord, we see a great victory here in 1 Samuel 17. We see David slaying Goliath against all odds. We praise you that you are at work here but we praise you most of all that you were at work on the cross, a victory of love, a victory achieved as your anointed dies in pain and loneliness and isolation. David risked his life, Jesus gave his life. And we worship you that on that day, a great and mighty victory was won on our behalf. Victory over sin, victory over hell, victory over the devil. Christus victor, Christ is victorious. He has won the battle. And so, Lord, we thank you and praise you for this wonderful event. And we pray that rather than dithering on the hillside, watching on, we would now press forward as part of your people and engage with confidence in kingdom ministry. Yes, there will be setbacks. Yes, there will be struggles. Yes, ministry and mission in today's world will be difficult. But we can be confident. I say it again, confident in ministry. Thank you, Lord. Give us that confidence. Give us that strength. Help us to go into the battle with the devil's army in retreat, with a shout full of joy, looking to liberate people with love and grace and mercy and peace. 
So, Lord, whatever you're calling us to do today and tomorrow, help us to press into that. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.